Welcome to the Faith Women Podcast. We're a community of women at Faith Baptist Church in Youngsville, North Carolina, that desires to honor the Word of God, to support our church, and to encourage each other as we know, grow, serve, and go. Through these episodes, we'll be introducing you to our ministry team, sharing truth from God's Word, and challenging you to grow in your love for the Lord and those He's called you to serve. We're so glad you've joined us. Let's dive in. Hi, well, I'm Carolyn Rich, and I am here with um, Tammy Corbett. Hello, everybody. And we are here today to meet another one of our members of our Faith Women's Ministry team, Christy Davis. So we're very <laughs> excited to talk to you today and find out more about you, Christy. Well, thank you. So thank you, you want to um, introduce yourself, which we just kind of sort of did, but you can um, <laughs> tell us about your family. Um, okay, well, you heard my name, Christy Davis, and uh, I've been coming to faith for many years since it was a young church, I think about a year old. Um, I have four grown children, uh, three sons and a daughter, Logan, Aaron, Ethan, and Trevor, and I have um, uh, seven, well, six and the seventh on the way, grandchildren. And wow. six of those are girls, and one is a special little boy, Brayden. So, oh, wow. <laughs> That's a house full. A little, out, a little outnumbered, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so. Well, that's great. Um, would you um, like to share a bit of your testimony and how you came to know the Lord and how you came to faith, Baptist Church? Well, I... Um, it's hard to share my testimony without sharing a little piece of my husband's, uh, since he was very instrumental in, in leading me to Christ. Um, you know, you look back on your life and you see how everything kind of just works together for good, as that's scriptural. Uh, so because of some circumstances and decisions in my earlier life, and because of several moves of changing school, by the time I moved to Wake Forest in high school um, from Western North Carolina, I had basically set my sights on um, popularity. I wanted to be popular. I wanted people to like me. And that was the most important thing in my life. My parents were very loving, supporting, great parents. Um, but they didn't raise me in church. Mm -hmm. I had grandparents that were um, very faithful and prayed for me for many years. My grandfather was a Baptist minister, mm -hmm. but because my mother had grown up seeing the worst of some of those mm -hmm. things in little country churches, um, she um, basically rejected that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't grow up in church. Um, but my parents raised me to make moral decisions mm -hmm. um, and supported me and were encouraging. So don't want to dishonor them in any way. They were great parents. But that's I think that's what made me vulnerable to popularity, mm -hmm. being my God, really. Um, wanted to be one of the cool kids. But how that translated into my life was... I decided that I would be whatever you wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. whoever I was around. If mm-hmm. I was around teachers, I would try to be the one that had all the school spirit and was involved in organizations. If I was around the what I'll call the nerdy kids or the smart kids, then I was going to be the smart student. And mm-hmm. if I was around the cool kids, then I partied with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how that began to translate. And I was also, I loved things for shock value and adventure and that type of thing. So the very first night I ever decided to do drugs, I planned it and I did it um, for shock value. Mm-hmm. But the great lie that Satan tells you is that you will do that for this purpose, and what he doesn't share is that you're going to like it. And that led me into a 10-year, and I will call it a spiral, of becoming more and more addicted Mm -hmm. to substances, uh, particularly marijuana. Um, That was just my drug of choice. I did a lot of things, but that was my drug of choice. Till the point that 10 years down the road, you wonder how you got here. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, I describe it like a juggler spinning plates, and all my plates were beginning to wobble. Mm-hmm. They hadn't crashed to the ground yet, yeah. but they were going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, in His infinite mercy, picked Charles and I up and moved us to Atlanta for a job opportunity for me. He happened to be a wine salesman. We were a mess. And uh, <laughs> and we moved down there, and he couldn't find a job. For months, he couldn't find a job. And everybody told him it would be easy to find a job in Atlanta. And um, so I was working. He was kind of getting you know, discouraged in that process. We were living in temporary housing while we were waiting for our new apartment to be finished, and so all of our stuff was in storage. Hmm. But one box got moved off that moving truck um, that should have gone to storage, and when Charles opened it one night, on the top of that box was the little red-letter edition Bible that my grandparents had given me when I was 11 years old. Wow. It was a God thing. Mm -hmm. It really was. And Charles started reading that. And then in one of the interviews he went on, and and it's funny, when you think about it, his interviews weren't just, it wasn't like he was runner-up to every job. They were going terrible. And one of his interviews, the man looked at him and said, son, you don't need a job. You need Jesus. Oh, wow. And <laughs> okay. I know. And it was just, and so Charles began to read scripture. And unbeknownst to me, he began calling my grandfather and asking him questions. Oh, wow. And I had no idea Did that was going. Did he know him very well? He knew him. Uh, I know that tickled my grandfather oh, to death. Oh, you know? But um, he started calling him and talking to him and asking his opinion and advice. And he eventually got a job selling wine and beer. And in Atlanta, you also sell liquor. Yeah. So he got a job doing that, and he ran a route every day. Now, I'm just over here in my oblivious world, climbing the corporate ladder and partying on the side. And at this point, I have to say, at this point in my addiction, we had Logan. He was just a few months old. I was hiding it from everybody, including Charles. Mm -hmm. And the deceit was almost as much of a high as the high itself. Mm -hmm. I was 
to know I was, that you were able to get away with it. Yes, to yeah. get a, that nobody knew nobody how much. And so I was in a lot of trouble, even though I didn't look like that mm-hmm. on the surface. I looked like I had it together, great husband, new baby, great job. Um, but I was in I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, deep Were you down. realizing it at that time? No, a couple of times, not not at that point yet. A couple of times, I know that the spirit spoke to me, in that I remember getting high one time and looking over at Logan as a baby in the crib. And I know now, looking back, this was the Holy Spirit asking, what are you going to do when he's old enough to understand? Mm -hmm. And I kind of pulled a Scarlett O'Hara, I'll think about that tomorrow, you know, Mm -hmm. because I didn't like the options there. And the denial is such a big part of that, too. It is. Mm -hmm. It is a big part Mm -hmm. uh, in deceit with with an addict. That's Mm -hmm. a part of it. So... But in the meantime, here Charles is getting closer and closer to this idea of who Christ is. And he um, started listening on the radio to an old preacher, Oliver B. Green, out of South Carolina, who was going through the book of Revelation. Wow. And he wow. was he said the first time he's skimming through the dial and he skipped right over it. The second day he paused on it. By the end of the week, he's listening to it every week and at the end of the series Oliver B. Green said today I'm speaking to someone who's been angry at God for years and he said today is the day of salvation he wants to heal you and save you Mm. and Charles had been angry at God for years Mm. because his father was murdered when he was 12 years old and he was very angry at God Mm -hmm. and he said he (laughs) He pulled over in a Winn-Dixie parking lot with his car filled with wine and liquor, sobbing his eyes out, and gave his heart to Christ. In the meantime, I had no idea that happened. He comes home, and I just notice he's changing. His anger is gone. He's being so sweet and loving to me, and he just changed. I mean, completely. And so he comes in one day and says, I've got to quit my job. And I said, you just found that job. It's, you've only, <laughs> it took you a long time to so, find that job. So it's back up now, what did you say? Yeah. And he said, I can't do this. I'm, I have started following Jesus Christ, and he doesn't want me to do this. And he quoted the scripture, whether you eat or drink or whatever you shall do, do all for the glory of God. He said, I can't do this for God's glory. I didn't understand. Fortunately, I kept my mouth shut, and for the most part, and told, I said, I don't understand. I love you. I support you, but I don't get this. Uh, You're not drinking the wine. You're selling it. That's exactly what I said to him. Uh And... um, he quit, and he told me the day he went in and turned in his resignation, he said to me, and you just can't imagine how foreign these ideas and these concepts were to me, but he said to me, I have taken a bold step of faith for the Lord. I will have a job by Friday, and this was on a Monday. Now, it took him three months to find the first one, yeah. and he said, I'll have a job by Friday. It just so happens on Friday, 
I was off work. We were in our little apartment there in Atlanta. He was down on the floor playing with the baby. Now I have to say he looked for a job all week, sent out resumes, all that. It wasn't that he was just waiting for a miracle, but he did his part. But he was sitting on the floor and I was getting madder and madder. It was quarter till three and I didn't hear the phone ringing, you know? And I was like, you said you would have a job by Friday. Oh, yeah. And it's not happening And at 10 minutes till three, the phone rang and he had a job offer. Wow. Seriously. And at 10 minutes after three, the phone rang a second time and he had a second offer. Oh, my. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. He came running in there, and he asked me, which one should I take? And we discussed it, and he was out the door to go sign paperwork because they wanted him to start right away. And I was left sitting in that chair stunned at that. And I remember going, is this real? Is what he believes now real? Is this more Mm -hmm. than just church attendance? Mm -hmm. Because that's all I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I wanted no part of that. Well, fast forward a few more months, he went to work, and I continued on my path, and our marriage started to feel the strain. We didn't fight, we didn't argue, but we no longer had anything in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would come home at night and read his Bible, which irritated me, and I wanted to go out and have happy hour drinks and things like that, and I was concentrating on my career, and he was concentrating on the family, and we just we just didn't have anything in common. And I remember the night I sat in this little blue chair in our living room, and I just clutched the arms of that chair because I thought I knew what he was going to say. And I asked him, I said, Charles, if you stay on this path as a follower of Jesus, it killed me to say that, and I stay on my path, focused on my career and enjoying, you know, smoking pot, drinking, are you going to divorce me? And it's one of those moments that um, I still get emotional after Mm. all these years that you know that the Holy Spirit spoke perfect, unconditional love through him. Mm. Because he looked at me so surprised, and he said, I would never divorce you. I love you, and God hates divorce. He said, but I don't see our marriage getting better, and that makes me really sad. Mm. And then he walked out of the room. And it was the perfect answer mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. he didn't tell me to do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. It was unconditional love. It really was. He wasn't judging. So he, he could definitely see how the Holy Spirit was just changing Charles from the inside out. From the inside out. In so dramatically. Wow. When he walked out of that room, I said my first prayer. I said... Um, if this is real, Lord, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm not going to quit smoking. But if it's real, I don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. So if you're real, prove it. Mm-hmm. That was my prayer. Mm-hmm. That's an arrogant prayer. Was, yeah. So. Kind of a scary prayer, too. It is a scary <laughs> prayer. Is. But I didn't know any better. Right. Oh, yeah. And the bottom line is I was genuine, mm-hmm. and he can handle that. Absolutely. Yes, that's true. 
And I would never pray that prayer today. <laughs> Hopefully I've got a little more sense now. But he set out over the next three months um, to show me how desperately I needed him. Because in my mind, even though I told him I wasn't going to quit any of my bad habits, I really did try to. And I couldn't. And one night, I went out with one of my employees, which is disgraceful, and asked her if she had a joint that we could smoke. And she knew what was happening in our life. And I remember this young girl, her name was Kelly. She had these huge blue eyes. And she looked at me, and she said to me, sitting in a car on December 20th, 1986, she looked at me, she said, I thought you were one of them but you're still one of us. You haven't changed. Wow. And she, <laughs> it broke my heart. Yeah. It broke my heart because I realized she was exactly right. Wow. And I did get high that night. It was the last time I ever got high. Um, the next morning, we went to church. I went down front, and for the first time in my life, I realized... I needed a Savior. I wasn't just choosing a Savior. I needed Him. It was the first moment of true repentance. And one thing that I would tell anyone listening, we can pray a hundred prayers, but until we see our need for Him, the change doesn't take place. That's when you're born again. That's when you're truly born again, when you see that. When we can really see our sin. That's when right. When we can really see ourselves as he sees us. As we see, which is wretched. It is wretched and it is heartbreaking. <laughs> right, Christy. And um, I began to pray for God to take the desire away from me. And on January 1st, he proved that to me. He had already done it, but he proved it to me. And I mean, I don't know why some people continue to struggle with addictions, but for me, he took that away from me. Um, it, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, but um, that's God. So that is the moment that I came to know Christ. It was a, several months after Charles. And a few years later, we moved back here to Wake Forest because we had lots of family mm-hmm. that didn't know him. And, and we wanted to share that with them. And we found faith in the newspaper. And <laughs> in the Wake Weekly, there were these little church articles, and faith was the only one talking about what, what God was doing in, in the midst of his people, other than just the schedule of yes. when services were. Anne Clifton um, it was precious. She's the one that wrote that. And we read it and said, that's where we want to go. And we went, they were meeting at Wake Forest High School. So I went right back to the den that I got in so much trouble. (laughs) And it was so funny because uh, Charles said, let's go here. And I said, where do they meet? And he said, Wake Forest High School. I said, I'm not going back there. (laughs) (laughs) I got in a lot of trouble there. (laughs) But but, um, we did, and we met Stephanie on the very first night. And I just want to share as I close that part. Part of my story out. I just want to share this one scripture because I saw this scripture years later. It's Isaiah 65, 1. 
and it says, I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here am I, here am I. And that is what, that is who God is mm-hmm. in my life. He allowed me to find him when I wasn't looking for him. And I'm so eternally grateful for mm-hmm. that. So. Oh, Christy. Well, it sounds that like is... um, Charles was pretty influential and yes in your life and you know changing your life and all but when after you um, gave your life and uh, became a Jesus follower um, who how did you grow in your walk with God like who, who was encouraging you and you know discipling you and, and well, so I, forth. I have a question I'm just dying to know okay I just wanted to interrupt just you quickly just right ahead. <laughs> because finishing up that story that precious story and and listening to all those details and Christy I've known you a lot of years and I've never heard all of those details oh, well. and that, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful Thank testimony you. and knowing you like I do and to see what God has done and how he's used you through these years that's amazing, and he saw all of that. He did. He did. But I have to know about your sweet granddaddy. Oh, <laughs> Aww. when did you talk to him? Oh, that was so precious. It was. Um, he was. Oh, he loved my husband so much. He was so. My grandmother and grandfather both were so incredibly excited for us when we called him, mm-hmm. and told him what had what had happened in our lives. And I want you to know, this is such a sweet testimony. He always wanted Charles to go in ministry. After that, oh. he just. <laughs> And when my grandfather passed away, he left his whole ministerial library, all those books he collected oh, through wow. the years, he left all those to Charles. Thank you <laughs> because you. He just knew so Charles was yes. going to be a preacher one day. Oh, <laughs> so that wasn't awesome. exactly where the Lord called us, but he, they are both my grandparents very, very dear. And, wow. and my, my grandmother is just, I just love her to pieces. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> he, he knew excited. this guy was going to change some lives, whether you were well, in the pulpit or not. We, and we y'all continue to do certainly that. hope so. That's the truth. That is awesome. And, and from your grandfather's um, point of view, too, yes. um, we as believers now, you never know what you may do in your life for in someone else's life. That's right. That can bring them to the Lord. That's right. I mean, just that Bible that Charles found. <laughs> I mean, you just never That's know. That's right. Isn't that something? Know. At the top of the stack, yep. in the only box that was left, That's right. and he had nothing else to do but read. That's right. right. So, no Good. job. Yeah. The, Lord, the Lord had all that planned out. He all sure those did. little details. Yeah. And I do want to I do want to say, just for everyone listening to, my mother came... Um, my mother rededicated her life to the Lord several years later, and my father came to know the Lord several years later. Oh, so, wow. and and That's just awesome. their blessing. So uh, I do want to, I do want to honor. I have very good parents, and I do want to honor them with that. So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your question, Carolyn? I hey, forgot it I now. Really <laughs> yeah, no, that was an awesome question. That was a good question. Um, now I was just wondering, like your time after you became a follower of Christ, like yeah. how how did you grow in your walk with God? Well, that's that's a fun. Actually, that's a fun part of my story too. Because um, you're such an awesome Bible teacher. Oh, thank you. I mean, clearly <laughs> she yes. has learned I'm a into lot. That. Yeah. And studied a lot because everyone that I know that hears your Bible studies and, and your teachings are just like just in love with your teaching. Oh, mm-hmm. that's very kind of you to say. Yeah, God, God so can true. use a cracked pot. That is for sure. Um, 
Well, it, it's interesting. Two people in particular, we, our first little Sunday school class, Craig and Kathy Hendrickson, Hendrickson were our teachers, and she was very instrumental in showing me what life as a Christian mother looks like. And she mm-hmm. did it by just living it in front of me, mm-hmm. inviting me into her home, feeding me lunch, giving my giving me hand-me-downs for my kids, just life. She never judged me. And I, I mean, I was still a mess, y'all. I, there were so many things about my worldview that were off. Mm-hmm. And she just encouraged me. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time going into her house, I was like, wow, that she had three little children. I went, that's too loud, too busy, and I can't imagine being a stay-at-home mom. So fast forward a few years, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I homeschool, and I got four kids. <laughs> three young boys. You hadn't heard loud yet. Wow. So she just lived it in front of me. But as far as studying the Word, um, my... We bought a house a few years after that and moved out to Woodstock, Georgia, and uh, actually went to Woodstock Baptist, Johnny Hunt's church. Many, many people are so oh, familiar with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, but my next door neighbor, her name was Susan. She was a strong believer and a very bossy woman, and she was perfect for me. <laughs> she came across that yard the first morning. She said, do you drink coffee? I said, no, ma'am. And she said, do you study your Bible yet? She knew I was a new believer. Uh-huh. I said, I don't, I don't understand what I read. And every morning for at least a year, she would come across that yard with her little short legs, carrying a coffee pot <laughs> with wheat coffee in it and her Bible. And we would sit at my kitchen table every morning wow. and talk about, she would just show me things in the Word and read things to me and ask me. She would read a passage and you go, now tell me what that means to you. And she just did that, and we'd let that our kids so play. And uh, so now I love coffee and I love the Word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I can yeah. just visualize that, though, because I have heard that story quite a bit. <laughs> and I think, how awesome is it that you were you had the opportunity to have somebody to live so close to you that could walk to your house you know, every morning, yes. and that you could make that time, and that she did. Yes. I mean, that's that's quite a commitment. Yes. Know, not to have been invited or asked somebody to come and mentor you in that way. Yes, she was. She spent a lot of time with me. So, um, yeah. So she's probably the biggest influence on the study of the word mm. in my life. Mm-mm-mm. So. <laughs> what an assignment. So, Christy, that was a very powerful testimony that you gave us for sure. Um, Tammy and I enjoyed you sharing your heart. I know mm-hmm. that was you know, deep, very deep and uh, precious to you. Um, if you could go back and um, talk to yourself <laughs> as that young person, um, what's one piece of advice that you would give? I think what I would like to say <laughs> to me, and would I listen is the question, But for those of you, um, maybe young girls that are out there now trying to figure out who you are, Mm -hmm. um, make your priority to figure out who God says you are, not who the world says you are. Mm -hmm. So many decisions I made were made to please someone in the world, Mm -hmm. and I never—I remember— Carolyn, after I got saved, I remember wondering, what am I good at? What 
what am I supposed to do? I heard yeah. somewhere that everybody was given a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. I just heard that early on. And I remember thinking, I don't know what mine is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And all that was because I'd spent my whole life being whatever you mm-hmm. wanted me to be mm-hmm. instead of whatever God wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So that's, I think that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard as a, um, well, anybody at any age who's lost. Right. To think of themselves from God's perspective. Yes. You know, but as a young woman, to be able to think in that way and to um, use that, you know, as your guide, you know, to have you seek the Lord. I mean, that that's, That is, um, I think, great advice because yeah. so many young women today have been told such a lie. Mm-hmm. They have. Yes. That's the difference. That is, yeah. that that is, is the, the difference. difference. That is the difference. Mm-hmm. So as you've gotten, um, grown in your faith um, and gotten older, and have you figured out your spiritual gift or passion? <laughs> or, you know, I know that's kind of hard. And some people take a, like a spiritual gifts test. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if you've ever done that or if, if the Lord maybe has revealed that to you. Well, I. it's funny. I took a spiritual gift test years and years ago um and we were just handed them the other night at teach me again i thought i'm going to take that again um two things i seem to be able to make a difference in others lives and it's so hard for me to say oh i'm gifted at this you know and i know that's not the point of this i know it's a gift from god but it's just that's a hard thing for me to say but i seem to have made a difference in some people's lives through teaching Mm -hmm. and through exhortation, just Mm -hmm. encouraging others to stay the course. And so I would say those are my gifts. Um, But, you know, we've all got room for things like that. And of course, we all struggle with that. I wish it was evangelism or, you know, (laughs) but like, I I want Deborah Leiter's voice, you know. But and and it was it was funny. Laura Pope the other night in Teach Me, uh, I loved one thing she said. She said, "Your your gifts expand as you practice mm-hmm. them." Hmm, and that so a, that was a very very um, yeah. profound. Yeah, I thought that was a great comment on her mm-hmm. part, and it gave me a lot of pause to mm-hmm. think about that. So, mm-hmm. well, I I will say I will agree with you. Um, Christy, I've always loved your teaching. In fact, I was quoting you. Yes. Um, I was talking to somebody. I was having lunch with a friend yesterday, and I was quoting something that you said way back when the church first started over here. I mean, it was one of the first times I'd ever heard you teach. And I mean, and I was quoting something you said Aww. from way back then. Wow. So I personally have learned so much from you. And every time that, you know, and, and me, along with, with many others in the church, when we see that you're going to be teaching, we're all excited about that because oh, yes. the Lord definitely uses you in that in that yes. space. But the other part, I have to say another personal note from uh, your, your gift of exhortation. When I first started uh, at this church, first started coming and didn't know anybody and even whether you are you know 35 or whether you are 15 you all want to everybody wants to feel like they belong or they make some connection in church Mm -hmm. and you did that for me so during that same time along in that same I remember coming and I had shared I've shared this before but you were the one who actually said I'm I always just love it when you come come sit with us and that was like just the beginning of feeling accepted yeah you know, and <clears throat> really started me on the on the um, uh, path of 
uh, feeling like I was part of um, a group of sisters, believers Aww. who could, you know, put their arms around me and yeah. kind of um, help to help to teach me. So that's that's so powerful, you know, to be that's able to awesome. do that and to have that that's gift. Great. So thank you. Hey, God is mm-hmm. good. And now look, everybody thinks we're sisters. <laughs> We've come. I won't comment on the new hairdo. <laughs> that, that won't last me long. That is funny. Uh, so, Christy, what are you liking now? Like, are there books that you read that you recommend or podcast or? Um, well, I'm a reader, so and I love to read classics more than theological books because I find myself pulling theological truths out of uh, classics. I just finished reading um, a huge book called The Mysteries of Udolpho because I'd heard it referenced in literature so many times. I thought, I want to go see what that is. And mm-hmm. so I enjoy that type of thing. But if if you really, if you want an honest answer about what I'm loving right now, I'm mm-hmm. loving moving. And I mean physically moving again. I Many people in the church have supported and know that I had a hip replacement on July Mm -hmm. 1st, and I am enjoying so much being able to move, to walk, to hike, to climb, to swim, Mm -hmm. to do all these things that have been very painful for me for a few years. So, um, and now it's not painful. It's not painful. I am. I am feeling very. I am. (laughs) I'm feeling like a young person again. So. So anyway, that is actually what I'm enjoying more than anything in life right now is just okay. being able to move around like I used to, so yes. or closer than I used to. <laughs> yes. Not yes. exactly like I used to, but close to it. So. Well, that's great. Yeah. That is wonderful. Well, Tammy and I have just really enjoyed chatting with you today and learning more about you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with everyone out there that... Would want to know something more about Christy? Oh no, this <laughs> probably know too much now. Um, no, thank you for having me. It was it was great. I would just say to anybody listening that might be struggling with that decision to come to Christ or struggling with addictions, um, let me just encourage you that God heals mm-hmm. and He makes new again. Um, I remember the day um, my son got married, Logan got married, and because I was an addict while he was a baby, I sat on the front row of his wedding ceremony, and the Holy Spirit was pounding the scripture into my head of, I have given you back the years the locusts have eaten. And um, there is... There is a brand new life and a brand new world waiting for those of you who are in bondage to some type of addiction. So you ask God, and I believe he will move in that area of your life. So I would like to say that. And otherwise, thank you all so much. You made this a lot easier than I thought it would be. (laughs) This has been a lot of fun. Yes, it has. It has. Thanks for listening to the Faith Women Podcast. We hope you were both encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss an episode. If you're in our area, we'd love to have you join us at Faith Baptist Church in Youngsville on a Sunday or at any of our special events. You can learn more about our ministry online at faithnc.org women. See you next month.